Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence. Good morning. Welcome to worship. It is great to have you here this morning. Special welcome if you are a visitor with us. I invite you to take this uh, trifold communication card, fill it out, put it in the offering. We would love to thank you for being here. We have been hoping that you would come. Today we do not have an Our Life Together because of the holiday. Now, please know you are allowed to still have a life. We just do not have an Our Life Together. So I want to raise a couple of announcements for you. First of all, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your wonderful generosity throughout the season of Advent. You know we had many outreach projects going at the same time as well as collecting your very generous financial offerings. So please know you are making an impact in the life of our church and in our community. So thank you again. If you donated a poinsettia or if you uh, allowed us to use your poinsettia at Christmas time, you can take that home with you today. They're out in the tree in the lobby. And speaking of flowers, the flower memorial chart for 2019 is up in the lobby. Many of you know where it is. If you want to know where it is, just ask Pastor Pat or myself, and we will be happy to point it out to you if you want to donate flowers in memory or honor of someone in the coming year. If you're a skier, you're invited to join a Good Shepherd group going to Perfect North on Wednesday, January 2nd. And they, that, that day will be from 8.30 until 6. It's for grades 4 through 12, but we welcome whole families to join us. So get in touch with Jen Jarman if you are interested in going. And finally, because we don't have an Our Life, I do want to let you know that the flowers this week, our beautiful flowers, were donated by Jackie Cutchell in memory of her grandson, Rob, and also in thanks, thanksgiving for family and friends. May God bless us as we worship. I invite you to stand as we begin. Good morning and Happy New Year. Our first reading today is from the first book of Samuel. But Samuel, though he's only a boy, served the Lord. He wore a linen garment like that of a priest. Each year his mother made a small coat for him and brought it to him when he came with her husband for the sacrifice. Before they returned home, Eli would bless Elkinah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you other children to take the place of this one that you gave to the Lord. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and with the people. Our second reading is from Colossians, the third chapter. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, close yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as the members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. 
Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel with each other with the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Please stand for the gospel. Our holy gospel today comes from the book of Luke. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. <clears throat> when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard Jesus were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, Jesus asked. Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then Jesus returned to Jerusalem with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Holy Spirit who inspires us all. Amen. All right, parents, how many of you have ever lost your kid? Maybe you were at the grocery store or at the park and you turned your back just for a moment and when you turned around again, they were gone. Or you showed up at the appointed time and place, but your kid wasn't there. Or maybe when you were traveling, you left that rest stop and you got a few miles down the road before you noticed things were strangely quiet in the back seat. Probably these things happen less since the invention of the cell phone. But if you've ever lost your kid, you can probably still tap into that feeling of, of panic, of worry, of fear, of helplessness when you realize that you had no idea where your child was. Now, if you have an inkling of that feeling, I invite you to multiply it by three days. Because that's how long Mary and Joseph searched for the 12-year-old Jesus in the busy city of Jerusalem. Now, if you can still tap into that feeling of having lost your child, you can probably also tap into that feeling of when you found them. Mixed feelings, right? Relief, for sure. But maybe there was also a little bit of anger or exasperation or guilt depending on the situation. Well, this is how Luke records the reunion of Mary and Joseph with Jesus after three days of searching. And I'm going to use 
in my sermon today, the New Revised Standard Version of Scripture. So this is how it's recorded in Luke. Mary says, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. Somehow I think there might be something lost in translation there. I mean, a modern-day translation might be, What were you thinking? Your father and I have been worried sick. Or maybe you have your own special translation for such a moment as that. (laughs) At any rate, if there's nothing else that you get out of our story today, know that if you have ever lost your kid, you are in good company. The Holy Family is having a very human experience here as Mary and Joseph struggle parenting their teenagers. Teenager, parents, you are not alone. But there are even more takeaways from this wonderful story. Luke is the only gospel writer that includes anything about Jesus in his teenage years, and that information is limited to this one story. And Luke uses this story as a platform to both reveal and affirm some important things about Jesus. First of all, we learn that Jesus grew up in a family that was diligent in observing the traditions of their Jewish faith. Every year, Luke tells us, Mary and Joseph traveled to Jerusalem to observe the Passover. Jesus did not grow up as a casual or a cultural Jew. He grew up in a household that was filled with faith. Perhaps there's a lesson in there for parents, another lesson, and a lesson for us as a whole church. How are we helping to form faith in our kids? In what ways are we anchoring them in our worship traditions and sacraments? How are we teaching them to follow Jesus? How are we including them in our faith community? I think, though, there's a whole sermon in there, so we would think about that. But there's even more to this story. Luke also uses it to introduce the voice of Jesus, because this is the first time in Luke's gospel that we hear Jesus say anything. And in his powerful words, we don't hear a sulking or a sassy teenager. We hear him claim his mission and the special relationship that he has with God. Did you not know, he says, that I must be in my father's house? Now here again, we lose something in translation. As Jesus spoke this phrase, he wasn't just referring to the physical place of the temple. This phrase is more complex than just geographic location. Jesus is saying, I must be about my father's business or my father's affairs. See, through this conversation with his worried earthly parents, Jesus is letting us all know that his mission is to be about the things of his heavenly parent. So now this is where I think this story can really take on some teeth for us. 
It becomes more than just an interesting story about Jesus growing up or even getting lost. It becomes a story that invites us as disciples of Jesus to ponder the question, how does my life reflect the business and the, and the, um, the affairs of my heavenly parent? How am I about God's work? Not just when I am at church, but no matter where I am. I mean, what great questions to ponder as we close in on a new year. I don't know if you are a person who would normally make New Year's resolutions or not, but what if we all resolved to be more deeply engaged in the affairs of God in the coming year? I mean, what, what might your life look like a year from now? What might our church look like a year from now? Well, as I thought about that for my own resolutions, I was drawn to our reading from Colossians today. Now, full disclosure, Colossians 3, 12 to 17 is one of my absolute favorite pieces of Scripture. And as I looked at it in light of our story today, I saw that it invites us into a life of being about God's affairs, of living a life of discipleship in our individual lives and in our life together as a church. So let me remind you what this passage from Colossians says. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, I don't know about you, but I read that, and I think that is who I want to be as a person. I want to be what those words describe. And to live this passage would mean to live the business and affairs of God. And most days I know I am a long ways off from the call of this passage. But when I read it, I feel my heart open up to God's hope for me and God's hope for our life together as a community of faith. This passage instructs us in how we are to live together. So let me share my New Year's resolution with you. For the next year, I am going to live with these words from Colossians in front of me. 
literally. I made a copy of it, and I have taped it on my bathroom mirror at home. So that every day as I'm getting ready for the day, and every night as I'm getting ready for bed, these words will be there to confront and to encourage me. Now, it's interesting to me that the passage says, clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, and above all, clothe yourselves with love. So as I'm imagining it, every day as I am picking out the literal clothes that I will wear that day, my outfit each day, I hope I will also choose to clothe myself with these spiritual qualities. I mean, talk about dressing in layers. (laughs) So I want to invite you to join me in this New Year's resolution. To make it easy for you, I have made copies. And they are out in the lobby. So I invite you to take copy of these uh, verses from Colossians. And I invite you to tape them on your bathroom mirror or someplace where you are going to see them every day. And then let these words form and shape and inform your life for the next year. And let's just see what happens. Luke does not tell us what the trip home from Jerusalem was like for Mary and Joseph and Jesus. I mean, was it a stony silence with hurt feelings? Or were they able to put it behind them? We just don't know. What we do know is that Mary and Joseph, uh, Jesus went with them back to Nazareth. And Luke says that he was obedient to them. Maybe there's a lesson in there for kids as well. But then Luke ends with the words that can serve to encourage us. Luke tells us that Mary treasured all these things in her heart. And that Jesus increased in wisdom and in divine and human favor. So as we stand on the edge of a new year, and as we seek to be faithful followers of Jesus... May we treasure the things of God in our hearts and grow in the wisdom of faith in the coming year. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.